Hey there, folks, and welcome back to Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast. I am Caleb B. That's where you can follow me on Twitter. Follow Eddie at E-D-D-Y-C-8-5. Follow the show on Twitter at EC underscore Hero. Our Instagram is EC HeroCast. Our Gmail is ECHeroCast at gmail.com. As always, you can listen to me every Thursday morning on the Grave Consequences podcast, a part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This episode of the HeroCast will drop on July 28. It is July 12. The Home Run Derby is about to start. And the morning after this drops, so July 29th, will be Season 2, Episode 5 of Lucha Underground. Haven't seen that one yet, but, you know, I look forward to it. Because, you know. Um, <laughs> Eddie, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing quite well. How are I you? Figured, well, it's funny you say that because I'm doing nice. Because this is our 69th mainline episode, and we are here to review Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. The start of the Nolan trilogy. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Something that, like, okay, you know, you can think what you want of the MCU, but this, in my opinion, along with um, X2 and Spider-Man 2, really helped out comic book cinema. Like, really, like, took it from the uh, from the basement, you know? Well, I'm glad. Just remember that when we do our review next week. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, uh, this, I agree. It's, um, this was, um, this was a little bit different than those in that this showed, like, what it would be like if Batman were real. Like, everything in this movie, highly, highly improbable, mm-hmm. but none of it technically impossible. So yeah. that's why I like it. And I think it was, I think, I don't remember if I read it before this movie or after this movie where Christopher Nolan said his favorite Batman villain is Mr. Freeze, but he would never have him in a movie because it's not realistic, a freeze yeah. gun. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's why when you look at the people he chose, none of them have, you know, supernatural powers or something beyond the realm of possibility. So, but yeah, it's a big episode today, and uh, I'm excited. I'm sorry if you hear any uh, pitter-pattering of little feet in my room. I've got a cat in here that is just going haywire for some reason. Well, I don't like that. So if that if that makes it on the uh, audio, she's calmed down for now, but who knows how long it'll last. If that makes it into the audio, she's not going to meow or anything, but, you know, just letting the people know. She better um, not. So we're going to dig up the old time capsule once again. This was released on June 15, 2005. Summertime. Caleb's playing baseball. Having a good time, man. Having a good time. Um, along with that. Oh, Eddie, what were you doing in the summer of 05? So this is a. You've just finished, what, your first year of college or your second year? Um. So I started in fall of 03, so this would be starting up my second year in a couple months. So that was, and I I did go to school in the summer, but there's summer, I mean, I mentioned, I think it was last week where I did the uh, 
trip to um, what was it, New York, and then Cape Cod. So I'm probably back from Cape Cod by this point, and um, just waiting on waiting on school to start. You know, it's funny. I actually thought about trying to grab my unofficial transcript from college just to see what I was taking for these segments. I might do that if I remember, but I probably won't. Mm. But. Well, that's fair enough. Um, number one song in the country was the same as last time. We Belong Together by Mariah Carey. Not my favorite Mariah Carey song, but hey, you know, it's whatever. This is about a month later. But a, lo- or a couple months later, pardon me. Um, by the way, Mariah Carey just had a run of dominance, and specifically this song had a run of dominance that um, would be broken up for one week by... Uh, and, you know, this is a blast from the past. American Idol 2005, 2005 winner Carrie Underwood, Inside Your Heaven. I don't know if you remember that song or if you even watched American Idol. I know most Americans did, but I don't know. You could have been the minority. I'm proud to say I've never seen an episode. Really? hmm <laughs> Well, look, even if I didn't watch American Idol uh, at the time, which I did, but even if I didn't, I would have had no choice but to hear about it because Carrie Underwood, of course, Oklahoma native. Um, so that was like all the rage with like anyone I talked to was like, oh, my God, someone from Oklahoma is about to win American Idol. And uh, along with Kelly Clarkson, she's probably had the second or most successful uh, post-idol career of any winner they've ever had. Yeah, and then she moved to Nashville and got the hell out of there. Yep. Sure enough, that's what happens. Hey, when you make the big money, you either you either move to OKC or you move out of Oklahoma. Well, she now she goes to all the Predators games. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, let's see here. In wrestling at the time, your NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, for just a few more days as it turns out, AJ Styles. Your ROH World Champion, for just a few more days at the time as it turns out, Austin Aries. In WWE on Raw, actually they're both on Raw at the time, uh, you had World Heavyweight Champion holding the big gold, Batista, and the WWE Champion with his spinner belt, John Cena. Ugh. So, let me ask, what? You, I, I think I have the answer by that little groan. <laughs> what do you think of the spinner belt? I hated it. It was goofy looking. I... <laughs> I don't know. I guess it more appealed to me because I was a child at the time, but like... Because for for my money, that belt that they had from like late 02 to 04, just before Cena won, freaking eyesore for my money. But whatever. It was okay. The problem is it's okay when Cena had it, but when other people had it, it just felt like they were carrying around his prop, and I hated it. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. It it was weird seeing... uh, like, even when it was on, like, when Cena was on Raw in 08 and that belt was on SmackDown at the same time, it's like, that's really weird. Yeah, and I like that they at least stopped it from spinning, so I'm guessing, like, Randy Orton jammed a quarter in there or something. <laughs> but, yeah, I just, like, I, I wouldn't want, um like, Undertaker to carry around the Smoking Skull belt, although that kind of fits him, but, like... Like, The Rock with the Smoking Skull Belt wouldn't work. Uh, Triple H with the Smoking Skull Belt wouldn't work. So, yeah, if you're going to do a custom title, that's fine, but don't have other people carrying it around. Or, um, that's another good example. Um, like, Kurt Angle with Jeff Hardy's 
weird purple face belt, whatever the hell that was in TNA. Yeah. Like when, uh, by the way, this should have been a tell when Ken Anderson won it from him. He only had it for a month. As it turned out, they never even bothered to change the belt. So that should have been a tell like, Oh, he's probably not having this for very long. Yeah. Just, uh, if change it back, if someone else wins it, that's all I ask. Otherwise, yeah. I don't. I don't mind the spinner belt if Cena has it because it goes with his character. I don't like it, but it goes with his character, so that's fine. But yeah, just get you know, like uh, so, yeah. like like they did when Kofi won the belt. New Day had the old design and not yeah. the uh, yeah exactly. Kofi belt. didn't carry around the wood title. Yes, the wood belt. Um. <laughs> All right, let's get right into the facts and figures of this. You had a budget of 150 million, big big budget, and a box office of 373.6 million. That is a profit line of 223.6 million dollars there. Yep, and then inflation is 403 million, puts it at number eight on our list, right behind Superman. Yeah. Nope, I'm sorry. That was Batman Forever. Wrong one. Puts it at number nine on the list. I was going to say, I had read somewhere that this was the first movie to, like, all told, do or first superhero movie all told to do a billion dollars in box office. Uh, This Batman Begins did not. Uh, Oh. No, that would have been Spider-Man. Yeah, 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 okay, okay. Although Superman from 78, if you adjust for inflation, missed it by, like, um, 38, no, uh, 32 million, so not far off. But yes, uh, Batman Begins, not forever, Begins adjusted inflation is 308.2 million, and it's at number nine on the list, right above X-Men, right below Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, oh, by movies, the way, one thing. Yeah, a few movies did better with the inflation, but we don't. We only add that yeah. for. Uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Man, um, by the way, we forgot to mention June of 05, the trial of Michael Jackson was going on at the time. Oh, I. Uh, yeah, I remember that. I just. It's like, it was so obvious what the outcome was going to be, so. Yeah. It's like they're not convicting him, so. And I think it also, because coincidentally enough, Lightning, I believe, won the cup that year. And then like a week later, the lockout started. I think maybe John Tortorella was their coach. Either that or maybe I I could have my years mixed up. It's not impossible that that is the case. I think you're right. I remember I, remember, I went to my first Blue Jackets game in 04, so I can tell you that for a fact. Okay, like so it fall definitely was four, I think. Gotcha. Beat the Blackhawks. Oh, nice. Yep. Suck it. Wait, who doesn't love beating Blackhawks, <laughs> you know? Why do what? I said, who doesn't love beating Blackhawks, you know? Well, they, not many people might. Not uh, I screwed that up. Many, not many people may next season when they uh, they seem to be loading up, but whatever. Mm. Yeah, I, lo- I love beating Blackhawks, you know. But oh well. Um... <laughs> Onto the tomato meter, um, this had a critical rating of 84% and a fan rating of 94%. My God. It's 
pretty high. That is. That's very, that's higher than giraffe pussy. But um, <laughs> I feel like is uh is um the Incredibles still the highest rated movie we've seen? I think so. Yeah. 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 I think. Right. Well, again, Rotten Tomatoes isn't like I give this a ninety-four out of a hundred. It's that's the percentage of people that liked it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Even if you're part of the ninety-four, maybe you didn't love it. So. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because I remember, and now, okay, right into our history with the movie. I saw this like once in '06 as a kid, and I just remember being kind of bored and. Again, I was like 11 going on 12 at the time, so it makes sense that that would be my reaction. So, like, you know, maybe I kind of – I I was not the target market, you know, not the target demographic. Yeah, I, I saw this in theater, and I really loved it. It felt like – it's like, wow, I didn't know – like, this is how I would have also done Batman. And I think that's why I loved it so much is because it's like – if I were to do a Batman movie, I would also want to see it. Like, what would it be like if, like, nothing supernatural could happen? And that's what I would do. And not that I don't, you know, appreciate some of the earlier ones, like, uh, you know, Batman Returns with, you know, Penguin and Catwoman. But it, it would be interesting to see what we ended up seeing. And that was, you know, and, and much like... Um, I mean, Bane's my favorite villain in Batman, who we we do get. But a second favorite is Clayface, who would uh, absolutely not fit in this uh, universe. But that's okay, because um, it wouldn't make sense from a logical standpoint. But, yeah, I remember loving it and thinking that this was about as good as... Not as good as superhero movies could get, but really up there. But then the sequel will cut... By the way, we'll review the sequel in like 19 weeks, so it'll be like Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, it's wild to think about, but like there is a, um, and we haven't, I don't think we've shared the entire list on social media, so let's, you know, I guess not do, continue to not do that. But there is a lot in like 06 and 07, and some movies that you people may not have even considered, but we're like, okay, this technically fits the criteria. As good or bad as it may be, let's review it. Well, we can do uh, at the end when we tell people next week. So Ooh, we can drop we, like we the can, next ten or so. No, no, no. We can. We can. What we'll do is we'll name drop uh, August as as it turns out because that it fits, you know. Because right. we'll have a, another month on the lineup, you know. It's uh 06, kind of rough. <laughs> <laughs> it's very rough, dude. I'm not gonna lie, kind of rough. Oh yeah. seven, kind of rough. <laughs> also kind of rough, yeah, yeah. God dang, we got. Oof, it's it's gonna be a brutal couple of months. Mm-hmm. Up until sure. probably Iron Man, maybe. Yeah, it's, probably until Iron Man. Yes. The second MCU movie, technically. Mm-hmm. Technically. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, uh, did we oh, the, cast. the cast. Always yes. forget the cast. Uh, usually I'm the one that forgets the cast. <laughs> I was about to forget the cast, but I did not. Yeah. All right, let's see. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, something I have neglected to do over the past 
few months actually on the show, but you know, awards and everything. And this was nominated for best achievement in cinematography. Pardon me. Well, that's good. That that is good. (laughs) That's that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Like, look, I'm just saying, the Nolan movies walked so like Black Panther could run. Yeah, that's uh, that's well said, I would say. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, all the uh, Home Run Derby guys are wearing 44 tonight, so that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. In the uh, in Colorado, we're... Y- yes. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, yeah, the longtime Colorado Rocky, Hank Aaron. Yeah. Oh, God, Rob Manfred sucks so much. Yeah, he's, he's pretty trash, but oh well. Um, By the way, uh, remember everybody being mad about that? I remember being livid, yes. No, 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 I mean the the voting laws, and now no one cares. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. It well, they got a, they, it was the I care? It was the outrage of the week, and um, all Rob Manfred had to do was hold on one week, and he couldn't do it because he does not have a functioning penis. <sighs> he just couldn't hold on one week until the outrage <laughs> went on to whatever was next. You're, you're canceled. I don't um, care. I'm already canceled. Yeah. The cast. Let's lead a hold on. Damn it. Okay. Who all do we need to talk about? Oh, you forgot a... uh... What did I forget? You forgot another award. What did I forget? Well, a a nomination. Well, Uh, I mentioned the Oscar, which is the important one. Well, you forgot a Golden Raspberry Award. Which was Katie Holmes nominated as Rachel? Really? Yeah, she she lost to Paris Hilton in House of Wax, which uh, <laughs> I you know I feel like that was uh, would have been a tough one to to lose out to, to beat. Yeah. But, well, I guess you no, know, you name dropped her. So, what did you think of of Katie Holmes as Rachel Dawes? Well, look, she was going through some things in her personal life at this time with her psycho husband, mm-hmm. uh, who coincidentally was also nominated this year in uh, War of the Worlds, but lost to Rob Schneider in Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Sorry, European <laughs> Gigolo. Got yeah, my... come on, the sequel, pal. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was just reading on this, and look, she does not return for the sequel, so... Well. Look, okay, what's even funnier is, okay, yeah, she doesn't return for the sequel, not on account of not being asked. She was asked, and she said, no, I'm going to do Mad Money instead. Yeah, what a brilliant career move that was. <laughs> With, uh, was it Diane Keaton, Queen Latifah? Yep. Um, I, I always <laughs> remember that. I'm, I I was going to mention if you didn't, but I had, I had, you saw a friend that worked at a theater, and... He gave, I forget why, but he gave us free movie passes, not just because he was stealing them. We actually earned them because something or other projector broke, something I don't remember. And he's like, well, this is the only one we have left. And it was it was a cancellation of Mad Money, and it had, like, you know, Katie Holmes and Queen Latifah on their thing. And he's like, it'll work for whatever movie. It just happens to be... The ones we handed out for Mad Money, which apparently also had a projector issue and people got refunded for. So I just remember that, like, carrying, I'm like, God, they're going to think I actually went and saw Mad Money. But, yeah, great career to, move. 
you know. <laughs> like, I, I yeah. hate I hate making fun of a fellow Ohioan, you know, much like you and Carrie Underwood, but uh, I have to say I'm reading the Wikipedia, and um, I think it was Variety said she was just okay. I, I agree. She was just okay. Not not golden raspberry bad. That was that's kind of ridiculous. Maybe it was just a light year, but uh, yeah, just okay. That's you know, that's all I could say. She did not stand out. No, to me. she did not. Now that being said, um, shout out Katie Holmes though, dude. Forget. Okay, I went back a few months ago, watched Dawson's Creek. Shout out Katie Holmes. Well. Was it around this time when Tom Cruise was jumping on the couch? I believe so, yeah. I think he did that in, like, 04, maybe? I'm not I, sure. I, that sounds about right. And then she uh, got out of that marriage and took her kids back to Toledo because it's like, this this religion's not for me. I don't like, uh, you know, having to, like, face a wall during dinner or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, sit in the corner. Oh, uh, let's see here... Carmine Falcone, Tom Wilkinson. What did you think of uh, Falcone? Oh, I really liked him. I every time I watch this, I always forget about this particular character. Uh huh. But he really is like the glue that holds the movie together, almost. Like it all kind of revolves around him in a way. No, and, you're exactly right. Yeah, and I the, my favorite scene with him is when. Bruce comes into his restaurant to confront yes, him. Yes, dude. And yes. he basically is like, you don't want this smoke. <laughs> like, just, I'm giving you a break. Just turn around and leave. And I'll get more on that later, but uh, yeah. it was great. And then, uh, of course, he ends up going insane, but uh, yes, it happens. That happens when you're in your 50s and you have no signs of mental illness whatsoever. Um... <laughs> well, you know, his world just collapsed around him that was the uh the excuse yeah it's a sudden real loss quick of power out. linus roach is thomas wayne real quick shout out um like that guy he he played the role of dad who's about to die very well yeah is <laughs> is there any i don't know maybe bill gates he contributes a lot of money to charity but like i'm trying to think of any I think Mark Cuban does too, but like I'm yeah. trying to think of any like billionaire who's as generous as Thomas Wayne was, like yeah. And uh, I guess I, I guess there are some, but like he seemed to really go above and beyond. Like we built this train for all the poor people, <laughs> and we ride it like the commoners, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and we you know don't even have front rows. We don't even have a box in at the theater. We sit sit in the crowd with all the people. Well, they they don't have that box because they've got real bad like um, Abraham Lincoln uh, vibes. And they're like, I don't want to, don't want to risk that kind of thing. Yeah, they don't want to get shot at the theater. Nope. Rather. Oh my god. Oh my god. Why would you say that? <laughs> they got shot outside the theater. Spoiler. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, let's see here. Lucius Fox, Morgan Freeman. Ah, oh, just. Great as the, I guess Q would be like the, he's like the Q type of guy. And I like that he kind of pretty much knew the whole time, but he's just playing along with it like, oh, you're going spelunking. Well, he even tells him like, hey, don't take me for a fool. Yeah. 
And uh, he gets, you know, he's the, um, he, he ends up being, what, the CEO at the end? So, uh, yeah, he's a smart guy. I don't know if he's qualified for that job when he was just spent the last however long sitting in a basement, but he probably is. I mean, he helped guide Batman to defeat Ra's al Ghul, so I, I would say he's probably qualified to be a CEO. Yeah. Better than that other guy, Earl. Yes, yes, much better. That uh, yeah. Ken Watanabe. What else, what else has he been in, by the way? And there's not a lot about his character, but like he is actually Ra's al Ghul. Um, yeah, he thinks he was Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, anyway, like that's what he's credited as on IMDb. What Inception, Godzilla, uh, Godzilla King of Monsters. I feel like I've seen him in other stuff. Well, Christopher Nolan likes to use the same actors. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah, yes, I'm well aware. So, <laughs> yeah, he was good for his couple lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, we talked about Falcone, uh, Cillian Murphy, Dr. Jonathan Crane. I loved him in 28 days later. So to see him return as a bad guy, very interesting. And I dug it. I really did. Yeah. I like this particular character. I know I had a friend who didn't because he liked Scarecrow and he thought Scarecrow was too much of a henchman and like lightweight, but it's like, eh, it's fine for this particular role. And I thought he looked exactly the part and again we're going with realism uh scarecrow may be the most unrealistic character in the movie but also just towed the line to where it's like i i could buy that this dude is a uh borderline has like a bit of a god complex of how he rules this asylum and he you know you he's got this um super powerful uh neurotoxin and he just messes with people, and he puts on a stupid mask and scares them <laughs> to death. Scares them to insanity. Yeah. Well, they could the, die if they uh, it, don't. The get poison. Cured. It's the poison that gets them. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Oldman, Jim Gordon, Lieutenant Jim Gordon. Yeah, not a not a commissioner yet. Nope. Well, you know, one of the few uncorrupt cops in Gotham City, and I, I thought he was uh, was really good. Uh, I, I feel like I was. I thought there'd be more of him in this movie. Not that there wasn't a lot of him, but um, I just I think because his role is so much bigger in the other movies, I just kind of forgot. But yeah, he was uh, he was good, and I loved that they, you know, in the beginning it shows him wrapping a coat around Bruce Wayne which we get called back in the final one, so... Seven years later? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he was good. He was... No, he was very good, and that's an under... That is an understatement, man. Because, like... He is... As much as Batman is, he's also, like, a glue to the series as well. His relationship with Batman is a glue to the throughout the entire series. Yeah, he is. You know, this is. What am I trying to say? He's the. He's. Oh, I mean, we know he's like one of the good cops, but Batman does everything that he wants to do, and he he kind of like um, 
channels himself through Batman, if that makes any sense. And Batman needs him for, like, more additional intel. And it's a good working relationship and the good chemistry that they have. Yeah. Yeah. Except the man who is credited as Ducard. Liam frickin' Neeson. His second, yes, his second appearance on the Hero Cast. Yeah, Liam Neeson. Playing a villain this time. Yeah. I mean, it's Liam Neeson, so I loved it. He, you know, I I love a villain that has good motivation. And he has good motivation. And it's, uh, look, he this is this is how it, the character was in the comics. He, in the fact that he trained Batman is great. And then he's like, but, um you have to show no mercy and he has a lot of great lines. I wrote a lot of them down and then Bat or Bruce is like, well, no, this is why it's important to me. And he's like throughout the whole movie trying to teach him that we're, our way is right. when in fact it is not, but uh, yeah, the whole plan and everything that they had to destroy Gotham because of how corrupt it was. And uh, yeah, it was a great character, and he portrayed it really well. Even looked a hell of a lot like him, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. We got two guys left. Let's talk about Michael Caine as Alfred. What did you think, Master Bruce? I mean, it's... Alfred was great because he's more than, like, a butler. He's, like, Bruce's father figure, and... Mm -hmm. He cares for not just Batman, but he also cares about uh, Bruce trying to maintain the family name and the family legacy and, you know, trying to keep the not just, well, yeah, the whole family legacy. And uh, he feels personally responsible for Bruce. And he just, you know, like I said, you see it in his character that he acts like a father figure. And it's it's really great. It's really well done. Ooh, pardon me, pardon me. Uh, yes, I would agree. Uh, he, it is really well done. It's more fleshed out than what we got in the uh, Keaton or Schumacher movies, so that is very much appreciated. Um, and, like, as fleshed out as Alfred is here, he is going to get more and more fleshed out throughout the trilogy, so you have that to look forward to as well. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the main event? Uh, yeah, we've got Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Still, I, I would probably, upon rewatch, I would probably take Michael Keaton over Christian Bale, at least so far. Um, that's not to say Christian Bale's any slouch in the role, but probably just slightly give the edge to, uh, to uh, Michael Keaton. Um, that being said... How, okay, so people theorize like, oh, what if Batman, you know, was in real life? Like, what if there was a real life vigilante, you know, billionaire, you know, billionaire vigilante? It wouldn't be like a Mark Cuban or like a, I know these guys are older, so that's also another reason. But it wouldn't be someone who appears as altruistic, you know. It would be like a Martin Shkreli type because they have to have a deep cover to where you're convinced, like, okay, there's no way this guy could do this sort of thing. He's way too selfish. You know what I'm saying? 
it wouldn't be a Keanu Reeves. It'd be more like a uh, like a Martin Shkreli. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, because what does the public think of Bruce Wayne by the time this movie's over? Oh, by the end, they think he's a drunk a drunk, asshole. Ba- a drunk bastard who set his own house on fire. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and oh. Oh no, I'll mention it when we get to it in the plot. But I I did dig Christian Bale here. I just uh, slight edge to Michael Keaton. That's all. I would give the edge to Christian Bale only because I thought he played Bruce and Batman um, both roles well. Whereas I thought Keaton might have been a better Batman, but I, he was just all right as Bruce Wayne. Um, Whereas I thought Christian Bale was uh, really good in both, uh, you know, both roles. And the other role, as far as, like, trying to be the wannabe boyfriend of Rachel Dawes. So it's like, he's got to be this pompous dickhead. He's got to be Batman. And he has to show Rachel that, like, I'm not all those things. And it's really kind of like three roles, so... Uh, I think he he does all three really well. Well, be that as it may, uh, we've we've preambled for quite a while, and I think we can uh, get right into the plot. Mm-hmm. So, we open with uh, a young Bruce Wayne playing in the garden when he falls into a hole and is attacked by a swarm of bats. By the way, what a what a shit heel. He goes, she goes finders keepers, and he's like, uh, in my garden. <laughs> takes it and just runs off. Mm-hmm. Uh, young Bruce Wayne was awful. <laughs> He's a little pussy. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, the being attacked by a swarm of bats that would suck. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't want that. I um. But like a little bit later, we'll get to. He he's like a bit of a loser. But yeah. But then he wakes up and he's turned into Patrick Bateman. No. <laughs> he's. And- he leaves Wayne Manor because he's got to uh, return some videotapes. Yeah, no, he's actually just in a Chinese prison. Yeah. Which sounds awful. Yes. And he uh, beats up a bunch of criminals in the yard. He gets tossed into a cell, and inside the cell is a guy named Ducard, who is a spokesman for Ra's al Ghul. And he's like, I know you want to fight criminals, Bruce, but uh, you need a path. And uh, kind of offers him a spot in the League of Shadows group dedicated to fighting evil, if he can, you know, do all the training. And he's like, listen, you'll be released tomorrow. I need you to even, go. I was going to say, even for him to get the training, he has to, like, you know, he's going to get released, but he's got to find a flower. And once he finds that flower, he's got to get to what? Isn't, isn't it like a mountaintop? Yes, they have, like, a little monastery thing on top of a mountain. And uh, the blue flower, which will... He said it was rare. It can't be that rare because Scarecrow, all of Scarecrow's power comes from it. But uh, regardless, uh, Bruce does this. Whoop! I skipped way ahead. Uh oh. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Bruce does this and brings Ducard um, a flower, and Ducard says, um, "What did he say?" Um, what he seeks and Bruce says I seek injustice and the means to fight it 
And Ducard says, well, it's time for you to face your fears. And Bruce says, well, I can barely stand. I just climbed this mountain. And this was the first of many great lines from Ducard. Uh, he's like, he just kicks him right in the chest. And he's like, death does not wait for you to be ready. <laughs> and just proceeds to beat his ass. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. a good lesson. The way Ducard trains Bruce Wayne is similar to the way that J.K. Simmons character, and I can't remember his name, but similar to how J.K. Simmons was a uh, jazz band instructor in Whiplash. Very, very militant, very authoritative. Well, he wants to uh, make sure he's not a quitter. Yeah, and make sure he can uh, pound the hell out of the drums, you know? Yeah. So Ducard then asks... Watch, uh, watch Whiplash if you haven't already. It's it's very good. I haven't. Okay. So Ducard asks Bruce what he fears, and we get another flashback to Bruce falling in the well and the bats. And Thomas Wayne, Bruce's dad, uses this to teach his son, well, we fall to learn to get back up. Which is uh, probably not a lesson Ducard would teach. Yeah, um... He's not, he wouldn't accept falling. <laughs> yeah. You did just use one of the two quotes I wrote down. Um, well, that one is uh, kind of obvious. I had to say it. There is one that Falcone says when he talks to Bruce that I'm going to need you to not say. All right. Well, I'll try. Okay. So Bruce and his parents then take the train to the theater. And there's a scene mm-hmm. in the play with some people acting like bats and... Bruce's little wuss, and he's like, oh, can we go? Oh, by the way, by the way, you you did, you know, after, you know, Bruce's dad, like, saved him from the well, he showed Bruce some pearls he was going to get, um, Martha. Martha! Um, (laughs) Bruce is like, yeah, she'll like him. So, either way, (laughs) Bruce is kind of responsible for his parents dying. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Look, I'm just saying. Alfred can say what he wants. I know the truth. Yeah, if he'd just stop being a little wuss and just watch mm-hmm. the play. Like, I've never... I mean, it would be one thing if it was, like, a scary movie. I could see a kid getting scared. But a play? Like, you know they're people. Like, stop, yeah. Bruce. But anyway, they leave. And someone pulls a gun on the Waynes. And... He, uh, you know, he drops the wallet, the guy panics, he shoots both of Bruce's parents, and then runs off back to the Joker riots. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah so Bruce is brought to the police station, this is where we meet Officer Gordon, mm-hmm. and we're told it's they gonna, caught the killer. It's, it's gonna be alright, son. It's mm. gonna be alright. He put a coat on a ten-year-old boy. Are you okay? That's right. Sorry, no, that's a that's a spoiler for a, a movie we'll review next year. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, that was uh, 2012, so we got uh, what uh, seven more years. <laughs> <laughs> so back to modern times, we get a training montage, including where Ducard tells Bruce, "This was good." He's like, it's your father's fault that he's dead for not for failing to act. Well, he, you know, because he leads off, he's like, it is not your fault your parents died. 
And it's like, oh, you know, Ducard's offering him some a <laughs> chance father. to forgive himself. And then he's just like, it's your father's. He's like, the man had a gun. It's like, it wouldn't stop you. He failed to act. You. <laughs> Uh, Which Bruce immediately, like, out of the holster, he's like, I've had training. Yeah, then after uh, Ducard beats Bruce in a fight by, uh, like, Bruce thinks he won, and then he's Ducard says, like, you've sacrificed sure-footing for a killing blow, and then just <laughs> taps the ice and sends Bruce into the frozen water. It's like, you basically said uncle, and now you're going to put him through the water? What the hell? Hey, you've got to learn the lesson. Don't sacrifice sure-footing. Yeah, always be aware of your surroundings. Yeah, Bruce doesn't learn this lesson. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so he's warming him up by the fire. And uh, Bruce tells a story about him going back to town, seeing the killer of his parents get released from prison because he helped the police lead to the arrest of uh, the big mobster. He was cellmates with uh, Falcone. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Bruce carried a gun to the courthouse, and he was about to kill the guy, but then someone, a hitman for the mob, did it instead. Uh, uh sir? Sir? But, it's a hit woman? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, you could hear, that was a feminine voice. Hey, Falcone says hi. Well, yeah, it was. You're right. And I don't think, uh, I don't think hitman is a unisex term, so. I don't know if, I, I, I feel like it might be. It, it may be. You could be right. Yeah. So Bruce's childhood friend Rachel from the Finders Keepers game uh, mm-hmm. drives Bruce to a bad part of town. And says, "Hey, it was it was actually good." Like she's trying to explain that, um, like what the guy did. I think his name was Frost. It's like what he did was actually worth it. Yes, it sucks that the killer parents got released, but then did he, you think he Frost? Got killed. What was that? that was his name, wasn't it? Frost? It's, it's close. It's funny you, you chose Frost. Because, no, his name was Joe Chill. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, same thing. So, <laughs> Joe Chill. Uh, I didn't write it down, but uh, I was just trying yeah. to go off of memory. But she's like, look, it's... She drives to a bad part of town. It's like, look, we needed Joe Chill to help him uh, get intel because this is what the mob has done to this town. And, yeah, it sucks that... You, you know, guy killed your parents, but look at all the good that we can do with his info because this is, you know, what the mob's doing to this town. And then Bruce reveals that he had a gun he took to the courthouse, and then she slaps him a bunch of times, and then she drops the big line, your father would be ashamed of you. Yeah, and a slap. Also, where the hell does she get off? I like, agree. I agree with her. Uh, well, okay, cool, you can agree with her all you want. Did her parents get murdered? No. But, mm. uh... Who is she to tell Bruce Wayne how to grieve something? Well, she... Sh- I mean, he shouldn't try to murder his parents a murderer. Well, he didn't, so... He was going to. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't. <laughs> well. Anyway, uh... she dropped him off in front of uh, Carmo- uh, Carmine Falcone's restaurant, and... He he goes in and he sits down with uh, Falcone and Falcone tells Bruce that like, hey, you're in way over your head. Get out of here because you're not ready for this. And they toss also, him out. He's like, look around. You've got two off-duty police officers and a judge. Yeah. 
if I wanted to shoot you right here, I could. You know, you think you, you know suffering because your parents got murdered. You're Bruce Wayne. You have to drive a thousand miles to find someone who doesn't know your name. You know, you consider you consider your friend at the DA's office or your butler. Hmm? <laughs> and then that's something uh, that I line. will say at the end of the move at, at the end of the podcast. Really good line, in my opinion. And yeah, yeah this whole speech was was great. Uh, <laughs> Very good. And he was right. I mean, if Bruce tried to take him on at that point, he'd have just been killed that night, like that hour, that within the minute. But he needs to go to China and train with Ra's al Ghul. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what he does. He goes fighting crime around the world until he's arrested in China, stopping some dudes from stealing Wayne Enterprise stuff. Well, you know, he got – yeah, it's funny. Tell that to the guy who – who owns these and it says Wayne Enterprises. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> he actually got jailed in China because he said Taiwan was a country. So yeah, that, that's actually why he got jailed. <laughs> uh, yeah, could be. Mm-hmm. So Ducard smashes the blue flower, sets it on fire, and it's a fear toxin. And they do this test where Ducard will attack Bruce in a group of people dressed like him. And gives a speech saying you have to become fear. You have to become an idea. And Bruce passes the test when... Because um, Bruce got his arm cut, so he just goes around cutting all the other dude's arms. Which, if I was one of those guys, I'd be like, ow, asshole, that hurt. Ouch. <laughs> that really would hurt. Uh, and then Bruce uh, passes the test because Ducard thinks he has them. And Bruce is like, nope, this is me. I got you. So... It was it was it was a lot cooler than how I'm describing it, but it was just really neat how they would all like go into formation and then he would lose where Ducard went and the group of people that all dressed the same. Yeah, no, that was really cool. I agree. Uh, but still has one more test before he can become a member of the League of Shadows. So he has to demonstrate his commitment to justice. So they bring in a farmer who killed his neighbor, and Bruce says, "No, I'm not an executioner." Ducard says, compassion is not something your enemies will share. And Bruce claps back with a great line, well, that's why it's so important to me. And uh, Ra's al Ghul speaks. He says, if you can't kill this man, you can't lead these men. And Bruce is like, where would I even lead them? And Ra's reveals his plan is to lead them, the League of Shadows, into Gotham City and destroy it because it has become overly corrupt and a breeding ground for criminals. So, Bruce again refuses. He takes the sword, and he, like, uses the sword um, to, like, um, I don't know what, he, like... Uh, he, like, shoot an ember up into... Uh... Yeah, up into this bag of whatever, and it sets the whole building on fire, because the whole thing is made of wood. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Bruce fights Ra's al Ghul, and he does not mind his surroundings, and some beams collapse on him and kills him. And Bruce does manage to save Ducard's life. He drops him off at some guy's house. The guy's like, I'll make sure to tell him you By saved way, his life. Uh, the uh, feat of strength he had to pull off to save his life was amazing. Uh, he would have died, because especially right now, my shoulder is like, killing me. I don't know what it yeah. is, but uh, I'd have been like, well, goodbye. Like, Sorry. I can't, I can't even like lift it at a 90-degree angle without like wincing in pain. That's... Uh, let's... Go see a Cairo. I don't know what it is. It seemed 
I don't. It doesn't. It's not bone. It seems more muscle. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. hoping it'll be better tomorrow morning. But it's like it just started randomly when I closed the door. I'm like, ow. It's part of just getting old. Like generic things you do around the house hurt you. Yeah, I would say go see a Cairo or at least a, a doctor. I'll see how I feel tomorrow after I sleep on it. But it's uh. Hey, it's maybe good. you could, maybe you shouldn't sleep on it. I assume you weren't being literal. No, I was, uh, oh, my, uh, it's a, it's a joke, sir. No, I know. As right as you said that my dog came in, he has, he has a new thing he can do where he can now open the door. I don't know how he does it, but I shut the back door and then I hear some clawing and then I see the door. I can see the door from the, where I'm podcasting and then the door just flies open and he walks in. I'm not (laughs) even joking. He knows how to open a door now. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. It's uh, it's quite a trick, but now uh, now all the cold air is going outside, so. Yeah. Huh. Uh. Well, I'll I'll say one more thing and then close the door, and uh, you have to kill time. But uh, so yeah, he uh, yeah, he won't do it, and um. He sets the house on fire. Yeah. He saves Razal or pardon me, Ducard. Because he can. Uh, mm-hmm. Doesn't... Raza Gould dies here, right? Yeah, he doesn't mind his surroundings. Some beams uh-huh. fall on him. And then... You, uh, and that's the thing. Ducard even told us, you've got to always be aware of your surroundings. Well, that was just the henchman, not the real Raza Gould. Spoiler. Fair enough. Fair so, enough. Uh, Bruce is, uh, says he's coming back to Gotham to save it and to show that the city doesn't belong to the criminals. But uh, he won't be doing this as Bruce Wayne. He needs a symbol. Mm. What will that be? Like a, like a man bat. Could be. And uh, on that note, give me like yeah, 20 seconds while I go close if the back we door. Got ma- You're good. You're good. Uh, but uh, l- listeners out there, imagine if we got man bat in the Nolan. That would just be... That would just be truly amazing, wouldn't it? I think it would. Hey, for what it's worth, those of you listening, now this will be dated, well dated. Trey Mancini hit 24 home runs in the first round of the Home Run Derby. Um, Olsen, Matt Olsen for the A's is at 11 with less than a minute left, but he's got bonus time, so who knows? Could be pretty tight. Um, okay, he's making I'm, a I'm back. Okay, um, I, was, I was just uh, letting the listeners in on how the home run derby is currently going. Oh, who's winning? Uh, well, this is only the first matchup of the first round, but Mancini hit 24. Olsen is at 13, uh, 14. He's got 20 seconds plus bonus time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, like I said, I honestly have no idea how the dog opens the door, but he's, he's very smart. <laughs> Let me ask you, as far as home run derbies go, do you prefer the, uh, Three-minute timer or the 10-out format? 10-out. I I agree. I agree. It's going to be... Mancini probably just won the first-round matchup because Olsen's got, I think, 30 seconds, and he's down by home runs. No, he's got a minute. Well, they used to... The problem was they took forever, and it would go like three hours, and it's like, we get it, but... yeah. Just have less contestants. I don't know. Uh, just do less outs. Do like six or seven outs or something instead of ten. That works. 
So we cut to a courtroom. We meet Dr. Jonathan Crane, and he's giving a psychological testimony on someone uh, mm -hmm. named Zaz, who actually is a real Batman villain. Wait, and... are you kidding me? Yeah, he's a really? yeah, he's a killer. No, Every... I know. Z I know Zaz is a Batman villain. I just didn't know that would that they use Zaz in this movie. Yeah, that's what he says, Mr. Zaz, and he he like scratches a uh, he claws like a tally, he scars a tally onto his flesh every time he kills someone, and uh, he you know Crane's like yeah he uh, he belongs in this he's in my opinion he's insane, and Rachel confronts Crane afterwards and says you know I don't like how many hitmen. Um, I don't like how a hitman for the mob gets committed to your asylum. Which, Every uh, day. It seems oddly coincidental. Yeah. But in this case, I kind of agree with Dr. Crane. Uh, if you're scarring your body every time you kill someone with a tally mark, you probably are a little insane and maybe belong in a uh, mental institution. Uh, yeah. But I get uh, Rachel's point. So... Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Bruce looks inside the cave under the mansion and thinks... Oh! I'm sorry. Matt Olson just came up short. That's too bad. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he looks under the cave in the mansion and he's like, hmm, this might be a good crime-fighting cave. <laughs> yeah. Was it the uh, southeast corner? Yeah, southeast corner. Yep. Elsewhere, uh, Crane tells Falcone his boss is coming to Gotham, but there's a girl at the DA office who's causing problems, and Falcone says we'll take care of her. Also a good tease, by the way. Like, who, who's going to be the big boss? What, what's going on here? Yeah. And even Falcone's like, knows to not mess with this guy. Yeah. Uh, back at Wayne Enterprise, Bruce Wayne shows up for his first day of work. And Bruce tells William Earl, who now runs the company, that they're taking the company public and gives Bruce a job in applied scientists, applied sciences. Which, which is, by the way, as it turns out, is like, even Lucius says, like, hey, this is the dead end ward. Yeah, it's just a basement full of dropped military experiments. <laughs> but, it's somewhere uh, where you can't, you can't bother the board. Yeah. But, um, well, it's funny, Bruce, I don't, Bruce may have not known that, that it was a dead-end apartment. He probably did, because he's Bruce Wayne, but, uh, he definitely was like, oh, this is where all these, uh, I can get, I can load up on all my gadgets and such. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he looks at all this stuff, he's like, yeah, this is cool, I want that, and I want that, and he's like... There's this vest and it's bulletproof and everything and, and Lucius I is like, oh, it's three hundred thousand dollars too expensive for the military. He's like, okay, so and Lucius is like, well, you know, if you don't want to rouse any suspicion from the board or anyone, you're gonna need to order these in bulk. And he's like, oh, Batman's like, ah, oh, to the tune of what? He's like, oh, about ten thousand. Yeah, but then Lucius is like, well, if you want to borrow it, the way I see it, it's all yours anyway. So, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Bruce loads up on his supplies, and then he starts building the Batcave. Also, slips into Gordon's office, gets a tip on a shipment of drugs from Falcone. And Bruce goes and gets more cool stuff from Fox, 
like a cape that can be used for gliding, uh, and a military vehicle, which could maybe double as a Batmobile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's like a black tank. It's like, it's like a Hummer, but like an armored body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing that, and a lot of people were like, oh, I hate it, it looks stupid. And I'm like, no, this is perfect. This is how it should look. If he's driving a car around the streets, it's going to look goofy. Like, this needs to look realistic, because I, I picked up on it real quick of what he was, what they were doing with this movie, and it's like, no, if Batman were real, he would have something similar to this, I think. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't have, the, like, what we had in the original Batman, which was a car. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, Falcone is uh, talking to Gordon's partner, uh, Detective Flask, it was uh, Bobby in Sons of Anarchy, and basically mm-hmm. uh, tells him to kill Rachel, and Bruce listens in on this. Bruce then creates the Batman costume, because it's uh, time his enemy shared his dread. That is why he's Batman. Mm-hmm. So at the shipping yard, we finally meet Batman, who takes out Falcone's goons. And, and- Falcon. Yes, a good reveal, I would say. Yeah. And Batman goes after Falcone, locks him to the spotlight on the police. Uh, pretty sure those are really hot, so you'd probably kill the man in the process. Yeah, I would say so. Oh, well. Well, Batman swore he wouldn't do that, but... Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure spotlights get, like, really, really hot. Well, there's... Okay, there's a few, like, oh, I don't kill anybody. And it's like, uh, yeah, but this guy fell from how far? Yeah. Uh, Batman, by the way, has killed many people in the comics. <laughs> Whether you meant to or... I was going to say, yeah, no, the Nolan trilogy is like the one outlier where he's like, I can't, I can't kill anybody. Well, he does in the cartoon, too, but it is a cartoon. But he, yeah. he at least makes a point of saying it in the cartoon, like the original. There's even one where there's like a dude who runs like a uh, child... Uh, it's, he like uh, enslaves children, and he's like, "I'm very tempted this time." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Man. But yeah, it was. Um, so yeah, it was a good reveal, good, uh, good first display of Batman. He he beats up all the guys, and Falcone is arrested. Batman also saves Rachel from people sent to kill her, gives her photos of police of photos of like corrupt police at Falcone's bar uh, says hey get these to Commissioner Gordon or sorry the commi- uh, get these to the Gordon but the police commissioner is not a fan of Batman I was going to say yeah Commissioner Loeb is still the police commissioner at the time yes yes uh, but yeah he's not a fan of Batman once I'm arrested Alfred also tells Bruce to start acting like a billionaire playboy so people don't wonder about him good advice yeah yeah, because, you know, Bruce has that line, bats are nocturnal, and <laughs> Alfred says, that may be so, but even for a billionaire playboy, 3 p.m. is pushing it. Yeah, I like it. Bruce wakes up, like you said, in the afternoon, and he's just covered in bruises, and he's like, well, i got to start training. <laughs> yep. But again, it's real life. Like, this is what it would be like. So... Meanwhile, William Earl is told a ship with a weapon on it that vaporizes water was attacked and the weapon has gone missing. 
elsewhere, <laughs> Bruce took Alfred up on his advice and has become a real douche. Uh, he bumps into Rachel at a hotel and tries to say, yeah, I'm not really this douchey. I'm more in, uh, there's more to me than that, but yeah, she's not buying it. Oh yeah. After he buys the hotel. Yeah. And he, um, goes swimming in the fountain of the hotel. Yeah. (laughs) Pardon me. Restaurant. Yeah. Well, the hotel restaurant, but he bought the hotel. Yes. There we go. With his European models. (laughs) Yes. Uh, meanwhile, Falcone is looking for the insanity plea and talks to Crane. But Falcone threatens to blackmail Crane. So Crane, he's like, do you want to see my mask? And he's like, this is what I use for my experiments. And he shoots the nerve gas into uh, Falcone's face, puts on the mask, and frightens Falcone into insanity. And he walks out and he's like, ooh, he's not faking. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a dork. Like, I'm so good. Yeah. Uh, so Batman then interrogates Flask, who tells him that there was something else in the drugs. It's a neurotoxin. Batman then meets with Joffrey Baratheon uh, before sneaking into a house that Crane... Oh, <laughs> the hell with that kid, by the way. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jack Gleason's great. Uh, he needs to unretire. He's retired? Yeah, he does, like theater every now and then and he'll pop up but he's like mostly retired huh that's wild first of two i can think of off the top i had two game of thrones characters in this trilogy did uh did joffrey like get him typecasted or something what's going on i don't know i mean he should just always be the uh i mean he's older now so he's in his 20s he could be a he could be another villain he could be like uh I don't know, an Irish Lex Luthor or something like that. Or um, he could do it. Yeah, he's twenty nine. <laughs> oh, jeez, he's almost thirty. Yeah, getting up there. I know. Soon he'll be old and unable to use his shoulder like me. Uh huh. So he's in the house. Batman is, and uh, Crane and his men are in there. And Crane uses the toxin on Batman, sets him on fire. <laughs> Batman then rolls out the window and heads to the roof, and he calls Alfred for help in a really funny way. And he's Alfred, like, help me. <laughs> hey, hey, Alfred. Alfred. Holy crap. I got a bad dose. And uh, I've seen a lot of uh, bats and dead parents. I need you to pick me up. That's right. Yeah. So, uh... Uh, Bruce wakes my, up. By, by the way, my apologies for my Batman impersonation is not good. It's just, it's what I know. Alright, that's fair. So, Bruce wakes up and Alfred tells me he was out for two days and it's his birthday. And Bruce was, uh, he says, you know, I felt the same drug before, but this was so much stronger. And Alfred also had to call in Fox, who helped make a, uh, he whipped up an antidote faster than Pfizer and uh, <laughs> just gave it to uh, gave it to Bruce and mm-hmm. um, and now he's got this weird shoulder pain. Yeah, well, this is where um, this is where Fox pretty much knows what's going on. Jesus Christ! Well, much. That's why I don't want you in the room. There's <laughs> cords here, and you trip on things and knock the lamp over. <laughs> Let's leave that in. 
Jeez. This is why you're always outside. This is why I don't like that you know how to open the doors. I'm going to have to lock the door now. Oh, man. Macho another appearance on the podcast. What a, what a dog. God, I even saw that happening, and it's like there's no way to stop it. Well, it's inevitable. I'm going to have to lock you outside the house now. Oh, gee. Trevor Story with 20 home runs in the first round. I only lock him outside during the podcast, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you could see why I don't need him in here, because he yeah. trips on cords. This, uh, this is my work <laughs> office, and I've got two computers... Or, sorry, one, one laptop, a monitor, a printer, a lot of cords, some lights, an extension, a... Uh, what do you call that? A uh, power strip? Yeah. So, a lot of cords, and uh, he tripped on all of them and knocked the lamp over. Didn't break it, thankfully. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but now he's too scared to come in, because he thinks I'm mad at him, and the lamp also scared him. Oh, well. Smart enough to open a door, but not smart enough to not trip on cords. <laughs> what a dog. Yeah. Back to the plot. Ugh. <sighs> So, uh, Rachel shows up at Bruce's place, gives him a present. It's a arrowhead that she stole. And, but well, she gets she a... Feel it. She, it was given to her by Thomas Wayne. Yeah. But she gets a call that Falcone's being sent to Crane's asylum. And Bruce suits up, but, uh, Falcone, or, uh, but Alfred says, your party guests will be arriving soon. So, gotta make time for that. <laughs> and at the asylum, Rachel shows up asking uh, Crane questions about Falcone, and Rachel doesn't buy what Crane says about him being insane, and that, oh, he, you know, what happened was he was on top of the world, and it all came crashing down, and she's like, nah, I don't buy it. And he's like, I want my own evaluation done of him. Which, if she did, I'm pretty sure that doctor would come to the same conclusion. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's had the, the loony... <laughs> Yeah, yes. he's, he's got he's been poisoned, so yeah, you can have a hundred doctors look at him; they're all going to say the same thing. Yep. But uh, Crane's like, "Let me show you something," and he takes her to uh, this big room where all the prisoners that he has uh, that work for Falcone are, and they're just dumping this fear toxin into Gotham's water supply. <laughs> yeah. And then Scarecrow blasts her with the fear toxin but then soon realizes Batman's there. Also, how the hell does he have such a direct supply, direct line to the water supply in Gotham? Well, the only thing I can think of is they do establish that the asylum is on an island. Oh. So maybe it's above, like, a main... It's not the main water line. We find yeah. out that's at Wayne Towers, of course. But, of course, yes. Uh, it's a main line, at least for that island. I suspect. Yeah. So, yeah, Rachel showed... Oh, I already recapped that. Uh, Where did I leave off at? Um, So, Batman, uh, he takes out Crane, uh, and he hits Crane with his own toxin, and Crane says that he's working for Ra's al Ghul. Oh, by the way, Gargoyle Batman is beyond scary. (laughs) Uh, he tells, yeah, he's like, I work for Ra's al Ghul. He's like, no, Ra's al Ghul's dead. Who are you working for? And he's like, Dr. Crane's not in right now. So, but then the police show up and Batman leaves. We get like a weird, goofy scene with, 
Well, actually, I did recap it now. So Batman gets uh, Gordon to take Rachel out of the building and tells him Crane's plan. And Batman gets out of the building using a device to summon this huge swarm of bats. And I don't know. That I might question. Yeah. Uh, if that is real or not. I feel like that's... I know bats are like, you know, sonar and all that, but... Um, that's pushing the boundaries of reality for me with that one. <laughs> but they get out of the building. Batman takes Rachel in the Batmobile. Um, after driving over some roofs, roofs and uh, Batman gets away from the police... Gets back to the cave, and Batman gives Rachel the antidote, and another for Gordon, and tells uh, tells her she'll wake up at her place, give this antidote to Gordon so he can inoculate himself. And back at the asylum, someone tells Gordon the drugs were in the water supply for weeks, but nobody has felt the effects because it has to be absorbed through the lungs. Oh, by the way, we, uh, we did skip over, because it wasn't super important, um, the scene where Batman interrogates the dirty cop. Oh, I covered it. And oh, maybe I missed that. But he, you know, he takes the, you know, takes the money from the falafel guy, and the falafel's guy. Like, yeah, I got, I got kids. And freaking detective hits him with what? They don't like falafel. That's a good line. But yeah, <laughs> that's where he finds out there's something more in the drugs. Uh huh. Yeah. Because they take Falcone's drugs one place, and they take uh, Crane's drugs to his asylum. Uh huh. Uh, so Bruce goes back to his place and has a party to attend. And Bruce wants to toss his guests out, but Alfred says, no, your father's name, you still have to maintain your father's name. And it's all that's left of him, so don't destroy it. Yeah. So uh, Bruce tells Fox to mass-produce the antidote. Fox tells Bruce the reason the toxin is in the water is because you need a microwave transmitter to release the toxin, like the one Wayne Enterprise just misplaced. Yeah. And then Fox tells Earl that, uh, or Fox says Earl also fired him uh, for asking about it. Uh, suddenly, a guest tells Bruce, there's someone you must meet. Now, am I getting this right? Is it Raz al Ghul? And it's Raz. Just some, is it yeah. Raz al Ghul? Yeah, it's just some random Asian guy. Yeah. <laughs> and Bruce is like, you're not Raz al Ghul. And turns out, Ducard is really Raz al Ghul. What a twist. Yeah. Chimelanian. So Bruce pretends to be oh, drunk. Oh, by the way, by the way, you mentioned this when Bruce pretends to be drunk. I told you when he is quote unquote drunk Bruce Wayne, his speech pattern is stolen, was stolen by a certain wrestler, a very controversial wrestler in some walks. Um, believe it or not, Cody Rhodes. But when Cody Rhodes, you know, cuts promos and he get he, he slows things down a little bit, you know, like this, that sort of thing. <laughs> Cody Rhodes got that from this movie. Oh, Cody Rhodes is controversial. I mean, controversial in the regard of like, ah, do you like him? Do you hate him? Oh, okay. Polarized. There we go. I guess. Yeah, maybe. Um, Either way, seriously, watch a Cody Rhodes promo, watch this scene, it's around the 1 hour 44 minute mark, and tell me you don't hear some similarities here. Maybe. I don't, I'm not I'm saying you're wrong. I'm just telling you. He does have a lisp, so maybe that has something to do with it. That could be, yeah. People with speech impediments tend to slow things down a little. 
So Bruce um, says the city is not beyond saving, um, but because Roz said we're going to release the toxin to destroy the city, and Roz's men set Bruce's mansion on fire, and a beam falls on Bruce. He says, you never learn to mind your surroundings. <laughs> Elsewhere, the entire island of the asylum, the, the, that the asylum is on, has turned into a big riot as every patient was released, and Alfred does get uh, back and manages to save Bruce from the beam. So, that's good for him. But they escape to the Batcave. Roz and his men make their way to Arkham Asylum. Rachel finds Joffrey, who is watching Roz, who fires up the microwave and releases the toxin to poison everyone on the island. There's a full-scale riot now. Uh, Scarecrow finds Rachel and chases her on a horse, but then she tases him right in the face and he just gallops off screaming. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the problem my friend had. It's like he treated him like a joke, but it's like, what was he supposed to do? Like, it, you know, it's not, you know, I don't know what they were supposed to do with him. Like, I, I thought he was fine. Uh, Joey but, got eliminated. Okay, good. So Batman tells Gordon that Roz will be using the monorail to go over the city, hitting all the water lines, and then gives Gordon the keys to the Batmobile. Uh, Batman gets Rachel to safety and essentially tells her he's Bruce Wayne. And Batman catches up with Roz, who's already on the train. Meanwhile, Gordon uses the Batmobile to blow up the track right before Wayne Tower, where the main water line is. And inside the train, Batman has Roz and Batman and Roz battle it out. And Roz, not Roz, that's Frazier. Raz sees the track has blown up, and Batman has the best of Raz, and he says, um, because he's, he's about to, he, well, Al Ghul, Raz Al Ghul thinks he's about to be killed, and he says, well, you finally learned to do what was necessary. And Batman says, no, I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. And then just exits the train in a really cool way, and <laughs> the train just crashes into, uh, whatever, the street, and killing Raz Al Ghul inside. Yeah. So, R.I.P. R.I.P. to a real one. Yeah. Back at Wayne Enterprises, William Earl's walking into a meeting, and Fox has taken his job because Bruce has bought all the shares when they went public and took yeah. back his company. Yeah, and uh, they had a little bit of symmetry, you know, with, um, hey, didn't you get the memo that came back on Earl? And so did... Um... <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's all very complicated through trusts and Just donors. The, minute, like, and... The, the stock is very solid. Yeah, so William Earl. Uh, i got to say, William Earl might be a dick, but uh, he seemed to be doing a great job running the company. So, uh, I mean, I guess firing Lucius for really no reason is, uh, you know, probably deserves this, but I don't know. I mean, he... Uh, I don't, I don't know why I feel bad for him. He'll get a job somewhere else easily. Yeah. Also, he's not real. Um, exactly. <laughs> and we see the press reported uh, that Bruce Wayne was drunk and burned his, home, burned his house down. That's on page eight. Yep. Yeah, so Rachel pays Bruce a visit and tells her... Uh, she, he, he tells her she was right all along, and they share a kiss, and Rachel says, 
I can't be with him because of his mask. Not the Batman mask. This is your mask, your face, uh, because that's not who you really are. The man that she loved never came back to Gotham. But maybe after the city no longer needs Batman, she could be convinced otherwise. Um, never mind. I'll let Bruce find out on his own. <laughs> I'd argue that uh, he came back a better man. Yeah, does, man. He came back very, uh, very damaged, for sure. True. Uh, so Bruce then tells Alfred they'll rebuild the mansion brick by brick, but make some improvements to the Whoops. southeast corner. And uh, yeah, you uh, didn't mention it earlier, but you didn't. You don't have to. But it's a nice bit of uh, symmetry. Uh, when Bruce comes back for the uh, hearing, he referred to the Wayne Manor as a mausoleum and said, "If I had my way, I'd tear this place down." Brick by brick. Yep. Well, now he's going to re... He did tear it. Well, he didn't, but... Uh, the paper yeah. thing did. Yeah. So Gordon has a bat signal built to summon Batman, and he says there's... You know, things are better, but there's still a lot of crime out there. Uh, you know, all the insane people have gotten away, so they're wandering around. Mm-hmm. And there's... Um, there's this guy, he's wanted for armed robbery and a double homicide, and he's got a flair for theatrics, just like you, and he leaves a calling card, and he hands Batman a Joker card. Ooh. Oh my god. This I've never waited, I've never been more excited for a Thanksgiving in all my life. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And we finished this, I was like, I wish we could do Dark Knight. I, I know, right? So Batman's like, I'll look into it. Oh yeah, he'll look into it. It's uh, and then Bat- uh, Gordon says, "I never had, I never got to say thank you." And then Batman says, "You'll never have to." Roll <laughs> credits. You won't have to. Roll credits. <laughs> Movies Man, over. Yeah, nineteen. I think of what was I say? Nineteen weeks. I think, give or take. Yeah, that sounds right. Man, oh man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that was. Batman Begins. Yep. Hey, I think they're about to do... They're either about to do Salvi Perez and Pete Alonso or Shohei Otani and Juan Soto. Either way, we can't be too far from seeing Otani. Uh, hey, uh, we're going to grade this movie now on a scale of 1 to 10. And I'm going to give this a solid and well-earned 8.5. It is plotting in certain points, but at the same time, it tells a well-rounded story. There's a lot of symmetry in there for sure. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. Because the next one is such high praise, people, I think, kind of forget about how good this one is. And eight and a half, I, I agree. That's will be my score as well. And yeah, it's, um, you know, it sets up really, really nicely for what will be a, a pretty memorable trilogy. And mm-hmm. Man, Thanksgiving. I guess we'll. That sounds so far away because we're in July now, but. Oh well. But we'll next have week. Fun. Hey, man. Yeah, next week we're back into Marvel. Mm-hmm. And Marvel's been on quite a roll lately. Do they keep it up? Well, not with the No. Up, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Fantastic Four. Yes, and folks, you can watch that. I'm watching it on a Blu-ray, because I own a Blu-ray. But you can watch it, you can stream it on Disney+. Plus. 
that subscription's starting to pay off, other than the mm-hmm. you know the shows. Yeah, yeah. As soon as we get into the, uh, and that will drop on August fourth. After what's, that, what's next for August? August eleventh, and we may have a guest on that one. I, if I have my brothers, we will. Uh, Sky High, also on Disney Plus, to my knowledge. Um, let's see here. Someone wants to come on for Sky High. Yes, believe it or not, the movie's actually pretty good. August eighteenth, right. Le- Legend of Zorro. So uh, finally get some more Antonio Banderas in the timeline. I'm looking and forward to that one actually. August twenty fifth. It's a shame that this didn't line up to release in November, but oh well. V for Vendetta. Yeah. V for Vendetta. How about that? And then hey, uh, just just um, yeah. the following week, because we should also have a guess uh, that I got, is oh. X-Men The Last Stand. Mm-hmm. Is X-Men, does it stay, does, does, do they finish out the trilogy great? Because the first two were good. The third one's got to be good, right? You would think so. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. But yeah, that's what's got. That's what we got coming up. But that's yeah, next, our until Labor Day, folks. Yeah, next week, Fantastic Four. Jessica Alba's back on the pod after just a a, a week off. Two weeks off. Oh uh, yeah, two weeks off. Yeah, two weeks off. Jessica Alba's back on the pod. So yeah. So that's... we have that to look forward to. Folks, we've been uh, we've been we've been going pretty long here. We're gonna get out of here, and I'm gonna quote uh, Carmine Falcone. And yeah, uh, I have to clean up this room. <laughs> thanks, Macho. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, Bruce, chill. Talk to me in the joint when we would. Damn it! Let me start over. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> hey, Bruce, when me and Chill were in the joint together, he told me your father begged. For mercy. Begged. Like a dog. Got them city for the ghetto, ghetto. Got them city for the ghetto, ghetto. Yo, yo. Everybody's talking about the good old days, the good old days. Everybody's talking about the good old days. I remember when me and my brothers, we used to sit up on the porch in the summertime and just talk about just making it, you know what I'm saying? Being successful, following out our dreams, you know, and I, I believe that's every kid's dream, you know what I'm saying? To rise and be somebody, but damn, sometimes we just get caught up. I ain't got no money, and I ain't got no friends, looks like my world Coming to an end No food on the table No clothes on my back No shoes on my feet And I just barely got a used Cadillac Now ain't that ghetto for ya But somehow it's got to change yeah. Ghetto for ya So I took this remix and rearranged Gotham City, city of love. city of love, a city of peace uh, for yeah. every, one of us. every one of us. Cause we all need it. Can't live without it. Can't live without Gotham City.
Children will sing a little love song. 